That's my best Craig impression, impersonation. <laughs> Are you guys ready to go hiking? Uh, did you get up this morning, come to church so we can go hiking? Because that's, that's kind of what we're going to do this morning. Um, I want to take another trip up the mountain as we continue our, our series in Elevate. Uh, and Craig wrote, Craig gives us a, <clears throat> he gives us a yearly calendar of, of the sermons that he's planning on preaching. And um, I just want to share with you the summary of this, of this series that he wrote. He said, the geography of the Bible is full of deserts, rivers, oceans, and plains. But some of the most significant encounters people had with God took place on a mountain. Mountains can be cold, difficult, lonely places. But if you can make it to the top, then you will never come down the same. This evening, or rather this morning, I, was, I wrote this evening for Thursdays. This, this is Sunday morning, so we're going to say morning. Um, we're going to join Abraham and Isaac as they travel up to Mount Moriah. And we're going to notice that Abraham's journey with God involves a lot of letting go. And here in our text this morning, God is going to tell Abraham to let go of one more thing, the most precious thing, the one thing that he's waited for nearly 30 years for, his one and only son, Isaac. So if you have your Bibles, your Bible app, or you want to look at the screen, we're going to go through Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. <clears throat> Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. So early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, and he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes son, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. And he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now that I know you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. So Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. 
Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together for Beersheba. And Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Now, now before we get to all of that and unwrap a lot of what took place on the mountain, I, I just want to give you a quick synopsis, a quick view of Abraham's life to this point, things that Abraham had to leave behind. In Genesis 12, 1, we first meet Abraham as Abram. God changes his name. But it says in Genesis 12, 1, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will bless you. I will make you into a great nation and bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and all the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Now when God first called Abraham, he had to let go of his homeland, much of his family, the comfort he had found there, the life that he had built there. He had to leave all of that behind, pack everything up, and go. And then later on in Genesis 13, there's a dispute between Abraham and Lot's herdsmen. They both have huge flocks and, and, and herds, and <clears throat> there's a dispute about land and water and, and how things are going to get done. And, and so Lot and Abraham separate, and Lot chooses the plain down by the Jordan, and Abraham stays in Canaan. But once again, Abraham has to let yet another member of his family go. And then in Genesis 16, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, grow tired of waiting on God for the promise. God had promised them a son, an heir, that would, that would be the seed that would carry on the promise that God had made to them to multiply over the earth. And so they grew tired because it had been 20 plus years since they got that promise and they had not seen it fulfilled. So they took matters into their own hands and Sarah says to Abraham, let's have a child through my servant Hagar and, and, and we're, God's not going to do this. Let's just do it. Let's just, let's just take matters into our own hands and do it. And so he does. They do. And so from the relationship between Abraham and Hagar comes Ishmael. And of course, Sarah and Hagar from that point on had a bitterness and hatred towards one another. And so once again, Abraham has to let Hagar and Ishmael go, has to let yet another family member go. They're sent away. In spite of Abraham's and Sarah's rebellion against God in that act, God did provide the son that he had promised. Isaac is born in chapter 21 of Genesis. The promise is fulfilled. Isaac, the promised son, is here, and all is well. At least all is well until chapter 22, when God says, I want you to take Isaac to the mountain and sacrifice him. Can you imagine? I, I'm a big family guy, and, and I cannot imagine kind of going through all of those different events throughout Abraham's life. And then him saying, I want you to take your son and sacrifice your son. I have six sons and one daughter. I'm not going to sacrifice any of them. I, I can't imagine the faith 
that Abraham had developed in his relationship with God. But God tells Abraham, I want you to sacrifice the son that I promised you and that I gave you. Have you ever had to let go of something? Someone, something important to you? Now, I know all of this didn't happen to Abraham in one day like it did Job. Remember Job? Job lost everything in one day except his nagging wife, right? You remember that? Nothing against wives or, or ladies at all, but, but if you read the story, she says, Job, just curse God and die. Get it over with, man, you know? But Abraham didn't, his story's not like that. I can, I can imagine how Abraham must feel at this point. And I can't help but to think that, man, this guy's probably exhausted. He's probably tired. After all, he's 100 years old. He's hiking up a mountain at 100 years old. How about you and me? You ever been tired? You ever been exhausted? I don't know about you, but I'm tired of wearing a mask. Amen? I'm tired of staying home. Uh, I, I'm tired of having to, to worry about if I have something or I'm going to give something to someone else or they're going to give it to me. I'm, I'm tired of thinking of that. I'm, I'm tired of protest and violence and injustice. I'm tired of all of those things. I, I recently read a couple of tweets on Twitter about being tired. Michael tweeted this. And uh, he says, Grandpa says, served in World War II, the Korean War, and built my own house. And then he says, I, I, this is what I say. I find I'm often too tired to text people back. <laughs> one, one more. Apparently there was, there was a break-in or something in this person's home, and, and the detective is there, and the detective looks at the, the, the place where the, the incident took place, and he says, it looks like there was a struggle here at the bed, and the lady says, yeah, that was me trying to get up and go to work. <laughs> Maybe you haven't been there, but if you haven't, you're young enough that you haven't really felt that tired yet. It's coming, and you're going to have to face it, and you're going to have to overcome it. And that's part of the message that I want to bring to you today. I'm sure Abraham was tired. He's 100 years old on a three-day hike to sacrifice the one thing he's waited for most of his life. But I think we can learn some things from Abraham. How to climb a mountain when you're tired, maybe, is, is one thing we can learn. How to let go and watch what God does is maybe another lesson. So I put together three or four things that I want to share with you. And the first one is this. Start the journey and persevere, even if you don't know all the details. Genesis 22.1 says, sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abram, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac. Notice how specific he is. And go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain. I'll show you. Early the next morning, Abraham gets up, he loads his Jeep up, and he heads off, right? Not quite. I can imagine the conversation that may have taken place between Abraham and Sarah. You know, what's on the agenda today, Abraham? Oh, we're just going to head up the mountain and kill the sun. It's going to take Isaac out to the mountain. One last trip. No, I don't think. Maybe he got up so early and left the house before she was even awake. That's what I would have done. Like, no, let's just avoid this whole conversation. But however he did it. We learn right off the bat that God is testing Abraham. 
But this is like no other test he's ever experienced. It's an ultimate test of faith and obedience. And for his obedience, Abraham actually made the list of heroes in Hebrews chapter 11. If you were to look in the New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 through 19, you would read this. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Did you catch that? Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. Nowhere do we see that God explained to Abraham what he was doing. Nowhere did God say, look, Abraham, I'm going to give you the ultimate test, man. And if you come through with shining colors on the other side, it's it's all going to be great. It's going to be taken care of. God didn't say that. Maybe Abraham didn't get the explanation about what God was doing. But Abraham had enough faith to know what God was capable of. Do you hear that? Abraham knew what God was capable of. Life's tests seldom come with an announcement or an explanation, but they do come. Now, I'm not saying that all struggles are tests from God, but I do believe that all struggles are an opportunity for us to grow in our faith and lean into what God is actually capable of doing. Maybe James had this in mind when he wrote these words in James chapter 1, verse 12. He said, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I don't know how much Abraham knew about a crown of life, but I believe he knew about enough about God to trust him with his life and the life of his son, Isaac. But that kind of trust doesn't happen overnight, you know? It just doesn't spring up. Abraham had walked with God since God had called him at the age of 75. He's been following God for nearly three decades, and that's how faith grows. Let me ask you a question. If you want to become a mountain climber, what should you do? You should probably include climbing mountains, right? I can't see you very well. If you want to be a mountain climber, you're not going to go just ride a bike. You're not going to go just just hike a trail on flat ground. You're going to go climb some mountains, and you're going to learn how to do that. Abraham and God had climbed some mountains together, and Abraham's faith was all the stronger for it. Abraham's spiritual muscles had been growing all along. Sure, he wasn't perfect in his obedience. He He didn't do everything perfectly, but he also didn't quit. The first thing I think we should do is to start the journey and persevere even if you don't know all the details. <clears throat> the second thing is this, and it's going to sound kind of like perseverance, but I think there's a, there's a point where we go beyond that, and that is this, follow through. Follow through when you feel like quitting. On the third day, Genesis 22, 4, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. 
And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we'll come back to you. Now Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. He himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and he said, look, dad, I'm no dummy. I know we got everything we need except the main ingredient. Where's the lamb? And God, or Abraham says, God will provide the lamb, son. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I, I can imagine on a three-day journey like this that I would be running through scenarios. I mean, you have plenty of time to think about what you're going to do. I would be running through scenarios on how can I get out of this situation and still be obedient to God? Have you ever done that? <laughs> Man, God, I don't want to do this, but how can I obey you and be obedient, be faithful, and still, still not go through this painful experience? Kind of like, God, I, I, I know what you're telling me to do, and I want to do it, but is it okay if I do this instead? See, a lot of us start the journey with God. But along the way, we're battered by the events of life and we're tempted to start shortcutting our faith. We don't call it quitting, but it's kind of the same thing, only it takes longer. Remember the parable of the sower that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 13? Here's what he said. Then he told them many things in parables, saying this. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Two people start on the journey with God, but, but they're not going to necessarily grow at the same rate or in the same way. They're not going to finish at the same time. A lot of seed was sown in that parable, but not all of it produced a crop. And the same is true for us. See, there's a point in our journey where the journey gets harder and the newness of our faith wears off. Perseverance in and of itself is not enough. It takes determination to finish, to follow through. You have any runners with us today? Anybody exercise people like to run? One or two of you crazy nuts out there that punish yourself on purpose? Uh, I, I, back many, many years ago, I ran the mini marathon, man, and I was so proud of myself. I was like, dude, I, I just killed 13 miles, you know, in like six hours. <laughs> yeah, wait for it. Here's coming. But, but I remember running, and I can't imagine running a marathon. Some of you guys have run marathons, just 26.2 miles or so. And, and, and what I understand from runners who do this all the time is the hardest part is not the first two-thirds. The hardest part is the last third. The hardest part is like around mile 18 or 19 when you've run and you, you, you hit this wall and, and you feel like giving up, you feel like giving in and you're, you're, all these things are going through your mind. Look, man, it's just, you got a long way, you got nine more miles to go or so. And, and, but, but you've worked so hard to get there. And there's something deep inside of you saying, don't quit, don't give up. It's going to be okay. You're going to finish this race. Follow through, press on. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the word that Abraham's story 
sends to us today. Don't quit. Follow through. Don't give up on your faith. The third thing is this. Surrender to see the magnitude of God's provision. Verses 9 and 10 in our, in our chapter says, Abraham builds an altar and prepares to sacrifice his son. When they reached the place God told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. He reached out his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. The angel called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. Then Abraham sees the ram caught in the thicket and he goes to get the ram and he sacrifices it instead. A lot of you folks will remember Bob Lowry. Bob was one of my favorite people. Um, Bob served at Fern Creek Christian Church actually on staff before I got here for many years. Uh, he taught, he led worship, he preached, he led camps, he led mission trips, he played guitar, he sang, he visited sick people, took communion to shut-ins, um, went to nursing. Bob did all of the ministry stuff. One of the things that I remember most about Bob is going on a couple of mission trips with him, and we went to Haiti together. And um, Bob was very, very organized. Bob was one of those guys that, man, if you, I mean, there's a list of, there's, I'm not that guy. I'm like, let's go and see what God does. That's, that's what my, let's don't plan anything. Let's just show up. And, and, but God's like, no, no, let's plan this out. Let's, let's get these ducks in a row. And so he would give you a folder. And in that folder was like the daily agenda, the daily devotional, where we're going, what time we need to be there, when the flight's going to leave, when the bus is going to be there. You know, all of that stuff was laid out. And we had these meetings. And right before we would leave, we would meet in the parking lot before we get on the buses and head to the airport. And Bob had gone through all of this stuff. He had worked so hard to put all of these details together. And then right before we would leave, and then he would say it once we got to the place where we were going, he would say, now listen, we have a plan and we have an agenda and we, we've worked really hard to get all this together. He said, but we want to surrender to God's leading and see what he'll do with us. We want to surrender to God's leading and see what he'll do with us. I was always encouraged by those simple words, partly because it kind of took the pressure off of me to fulfill all of that agenda. And partly because the excitement of seeing what God would do with a screw-up like me is an amazing thing for me. And he always, he always did amazing things when we went on those trips. If you want to see the magnitude of God's provision... You've got to let go. You've got to let go of your agenda. You've got to let go of the way you think things ought to go. You've got to be willing to receive some difficult circumstances along the way. And you've got to be willing to let go of control of all of that stuff. Resign your position as the general manager of the universe. God's got that spot taken. We're getting ready to wrap this up, and I've got one last thing I want to share with you. 
So far, Father Abraham has, has taught us to go ahead and start the journey, to, to get on the road and to, to not quit, um, to, to keep moving forward, even though you have to let some things go. He's taught us about following through. He's taught us about total surrender, means opening the door to seeing the magnitude of God's provision. Up till now, everything has pretty much been about letting go, letting go, letting go. But now it's time for one last lesson. I want to give you what, what Craig calls a handle to hold on to. And hopefully, if you, if you haven't got a handle yet, this can be your handle. But before I share that with you, I want to tell you a funny story. I once heard about a man who was a wealthy Texan. And this guy loved to throw parties. He loved to have people over and show him all of the, the wonderful things that he had built over his uh, lifetime. And he had a huge pool in the back and it was had lights on it and it was just beautiful all decorated decorative concrete all around it and and he invites his guest over and he says look I want you to look at this pool and he said I will give anyone who can swim the length of it either one ten million dollars two half of my estate or three the hand of my daughter in marriage but there's one catch there's a shark in the pool now, if you can swim from one end to the other without getting eaten by the shark, then, then you can have one of those three things. And right as soon as he finished that speech one night after dinner, he heard a splash. And next thing you know, there's this well-dressed man in the water, and he's swimming as hard as he can to the other end. And everybody's watching and waiting and wondering if he's going to make it or not. The shark is closer behind, and he gets to the end, of it, and he jumps out of the water, and he jumps up onto the, the edge, and... He just barely makes it out of the reach of the shark. And the Texan walks over to him and he says, Wow, that was amazing. No one has ever done that. I've offered that at every dinner party I've ever thrown, and no one has ever been able to do that. He goes, You've won. What would you like? Would you like the $10 million? The man says, No, no. He's barely able to talk because he's still trying to get over the, the, the fear of being chased by the, the shark. And the man says, Well, if you don't want $10 million, then you want half of my estate then don't you man says no no I don't want half of your estate and he says well then then you must you must have done it to win the hand of my daughter in marriage he says no I don't want that either he goes well what do you want the man said I want to know the name of the guy that pushed me in here's what I want to know I want to know the name of your mountain See, Abraham went to a mountain called Moriah, but he left the mountain he called the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. I, I want to know what mountain you're on. Just think about that. Maybe you're on a mountain of things are well. You're, you're living in God's presence and, and blessings are abundant and, and you're aware of that. Or maybe you're living on a mountain of fear. Maybe you're living on a mountain of worry. Maybe you're living on a mountain of regret. You've done some things that you wish you hadn't done. Or maybe a mountain of shame where, again, you've done some things that you're ashamed of. Maybe you're living on a mountain of disappointment. Things didn't go the way you hoped they would. Maybe you're living on a mountain of anger. You're, you're angry over what's going on in our country right now or, or maybe something that's going on more personally with you. Maybe it's a mountain of addiction or confusion. I, I don't know what mountain you're on right now, but I do know this. God will meet you there. 
And God will change the name of your mountain if you'll let him. You hear that? God will meet you on whatever mountain you're standing on. And he will change the name of your mountain. So whatever it is that you need to let go of today to allow that to happen, whatever it is that you need to surrender, surrender it. Let it go. And see how God provides for you. Let's pray together. Father God, you are worthy of praise. And Lord, honestly, as I, as I went through Genesis 22 and preparing a message, there were so many directions that I could have gone and God, he just kept putting it on my heart, putting it on my heart to talk to the people about letting things go and let me provide. I, I don't know who needs to hear that or why they need to hear it. I don't know any of that. That's why you're God and I am not. But I do know what, what mountain I'm standing on. And I know what I need to let go. I know where I need to see you provide in my life. And I know that that is true for each and every person here in one way or another. And God, we're asking you to meet us here. God, we're asking you to, to make your presence known. And we are humbly, we're, we're just humbled in your presence. And we are in awe of who you are and what you do. And we pray you would open our eyes even wider to see your hand move, to see your glory, and to lean more into you, to surrender more of ourselves to you, to lay our agendas aside, and to watch your hand move. And we pray this in Jesus' name.